Sorry, everyone. Instagram just like kicked us off. So we're back. Uh, I hope you all tune back in. <laughs> I don't know what happened. Okay, we are back, folks. And Jaya is here. Okay, so that wasn't my fault. No, Instagram just like kicked me off too. Honestly, Jai, I don't like Instagram for this platform. So we're going to have to talk this weekend and inform everyone else how we're going to continue doing this because Instagram gives such issues. Um, but anyway, you were about to say. Well, I wasn't going to say anything. I, I think the... Okay, there's different types of spirituality. So we're coming from a very specific angle. So that should be clear in everyone's mind what angle of spirituality we're coming from. So we follow a Vedanta tradition. So Vedanta, what, there's two types of Vedanta schools, a monistic and a theistic Vedanta, two types. And we follow a theistic Vedanta line. But although we, theistic means a belief in a God, basically. Monistic means the sort of belief that everything is just one, like a radical, oneness okay um we follow theistic line but there's a lot of similarities that all vedanta schools share and one of the similarities is that spiritual reality is beyond matter and therefore can only be understood by the apurusha shabda that means the scriptures hmm. that is the angle of vision of this particular spiritual school vedanta hmm. um I, I don't want to get into all the technicalities, but I just want to make that clear. Yes. So, because I, I saw one of the comments before Instagram kicked us out, and it was like, we have to remember spirituality, dot, dot, dot. And it, it, it said that we have to remember, it was Bhakti Nomad, and he said, I don't think renounce was the word he used. Or, oh, that we can detach, but still act for like the people. Yeah, that's okay. I, I had no contention with what he said. It was by itself. As a standalone, it's okay. But um, whatever I'm about to say is generally based on Shastra. And so it has just a very particular angle. So we're giving that sort of Vedantic Shastric perspective because that's the standard of this particular tradition. And then you can do as you like. Um, so anyway, as a general point, I think when it comes to Vedanta scriptures, Upanishads, and for us, the Bhagavad Purana, so the interest of those literatures is to get the soul out of the material world. Mm. The interest of those particular literatures. Mm. Uh, the purpose is not for you to become a better version of yourself. <laughs> think of yourself conventionally. Mm. Like people think like that, that that's what it means to be spiritual. That you become a better version of yourself. Often nowadays when even in like our family, when we are when we're in terms that can be relatable and we in my view mm. oh no it's again can you still hear me yeah we can still hear you okay i'm a now we can oh yeah now you are back. you there yeah 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 our last thing to do Bhakti Sinha is to give us so much trouble. Anyway, um, 
Uh, what was I saying? Yeah, so I, there's a tendency amongst modern, like let's say preachers, even in our tradition, that in order to be relatable, we speak things that aren't really what our Shastra is telling us. Mm. Only because, and the reason, like there's nothing wrong with being a better version of yourself. We're not against that at no. all. The, part, the point I'm trying to make is that that is not the purpose of those literatures. Yeah. The purpose of those literatures is to get you out of the material world. Mm. So have an interest to get, of course, for bhakti tradition, it's not even to get out of the material world. That's not even the interest. The interest is to develop pure prema, you know, beatific love or divine love or non-dual love. There are different ways we use try to qualify that. For Krishna, that is mm. the purpose of the Bhagavad Purana. Yes. It says that in this Bhagavatam, from the very outset, all Kaitava Dharma, which means cheating dharmas, are kicked mm -hmm. out. Well, what's cheating dharma? Anything that's not pure love of Krishna is cheating dharma. That's a pretty sweeping statement. It's a little unfair, maybe from one perspective. But the point I'm trying to make is that the Bhagavatam is zooming in on that particular purpose. And so if that is your interest, then this book is for you. Mm -hmm. That is not your interest, then this book is, then you will not find maybe all the advice in this particular book to be useful. Because mm. you have other purpose. Mm. This book is for people with this purpose. They want mm. to develop pure prema for Krishna. And Krishna himself is told in Bhagavad Gita that that is the most secret knowledge of the Gita to think of him be his devotee, basically to develop pure love for him. So if that is your interest, that is what this book is going to advise. Mm. So the material world, as you rightly pointed out, is completely unfair. Uh, therefore, Krishna says it is Dukalayama Shashratam, a house, a place of misery, temporary, or Anityamasukam Lokam. It is a not happy place <laughs> and a not eternal place, which means it is implicitly, he's saying it's a completely miserable place, <laughs> completely unfair. And I often like to say it's not really unfair, it's fair to a fault. If you mm. karma doctrine, as most Eastern traditions do, then whatever we're experiencing is understood to be the fruit of some, the ripened fruit of some seed that we've planted previously. Mm. Bitter fruit, that means we planted some vicious seed earlier. Mm. We're getting the bitter fruit, but you don't know which seed you planted to get that particular fruit. So it's like, what's the point if I don't know where it's coming from? So it's kind of fair to a fault. Yes. That's why I like to say it's fair to a Okay, but having understood that this is the nature of the material world, you come to Vedanta or Bhagavad Purana and they're like, get out. That is the purpose of this particular literature. Mm. So you come crying, rightfully so. I'm not, I'm not saying this facetiously. You come crying about, you know, they made me take a test to lower my testosterone or Michael Phelps get a pass, maybe because he's a man, maybe because he's white, maybe because of this and that. And the boss comes like, okay, like, <laughs> like, did you come here to talk about that or you want to get love of Krishna? You're like, well, I want to talk about this. And they're like, okay, there's some other people for you. <laughs> Self-help gurus out there, they have, you know, they're selling books and doing, you know, social media and stuff like that. And they have so much advice. And they'll, they'll justify your outrage and maybe you make some protest and you <laughs> supporters so go over there that is for that is if you have that interest then there's people for that mm. if you want to come here though 
it's interesting. I was just hearing today lecture mm. that when the disciple approaches a guru in bhakti tradition or Upanishad tr tradition, I was just hearing this today. It is said that the mood in which the disciple should approach the guru is the mood that the material, um, the world is on fire. With that spirit, you're supposed to approach the guru. Um, even Sri Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur, we pray like that in our morning prayers, right? Yes. So he says, our world is a forest fire. Everything is on fire. So if it's a forest fire and you come to the guru, they made me take tests to lower my naturally producing testosterone and he got a pass because he's a white guy. That's so unfair. All right, Bubba. The, the thing is on fire. Mm. It's actually the whole world is on fire. Mm. The world is looking good. Now it's not even looking good. It's like practically on fire. <laughs> it's actually you know, on fire. It's actually on fire <laughs> like all over the place in Oregon because of Antifa. Anyway, and in other places, there, you know, Australia, the Amazon this year. I mean, it's been a, a shit show the whole year. So the world's actually, but I'm talking about even when the world is like in a healthy position, conventionally speaking, mm. the way the disciple is supposed to approach the guru is, is, is if the world is on fire. Mm. With that, you approach the guru and you get spiritual instruction. So if you have interest to be like to bolster your ego, and I don't mean ego in a negative sense. I mean ego in the sense of identity. We all have ego. Because, like now, we have ego of human being. That's how we're able to engage in this conversation. If one of us had ego of dog and another one of cat, that would be a problem. <laughs> but we both have ego of human being, so we can. So everyone has some ego. That just ego just relates to identity. Mm. Krishna says in the Gita, chapter eighteen, Yasya ahankrita bhava, that the enlightened person should not have the ahankrita bhava. Mm. That means would have been that identity. We brought this up many times in Chit Chat that identity in the Vedic literature is meant as instrumental or as a vehicle for attaining, you know, your spiritual purpose. So don't have the, the bob of the ego. But if you want to live life to bolster the ego, the ego has been slighted in some way. There's some unfairness. All of these things are definitely going on. And it's mm. conventionally speaking, it's heartbreaking. And if you want to do something about it, okay, go for it. Mm. But if do something about it. You not get out of the material world. Mm. So that's why I'm saying this is a Vedanta perspective. You can go on doing something about it, but as long as you identify with those things in any way, that mm. that power to bind you. Mm. For example, I'll give another example. People who struggle pro probably the most with um, coming outside are like beauty gurus. Mm. Why? Because of their attachment to their looks. For example. Uh, people who are really, really concerned about money, people who are making a lot of it. Uh, so once you are, have attachment, then it creates a lot of bondage. Saying mm. that you're attached, it creates bondage. So the ugly fellow, he's not worried anyway what to do with like this. He just comes outside, no problem. <laughs> anyway, my situation. But the beauty guru, because of attachment, has is bound by that thing they're attached to. Mm. So if you weren't attached, it wouldn't bother you. Like mm. literally. So, old girl, I forgot her. What's her name? I remember. I don't. This, I don't remember her name. Anybody, this athlete, if she, if she's a soul inside that particular body. She's having a particular type of human experience. So, if she wasn't attached to that experience of sorts, then it wouldn't bother her. Okay, then the, my karma is like this. 
but she has some attachment. That is natural. This is not a criticism. I'm just saying how it works. And we also have our attachments, and they, our attachments bind us in some way. Mm. So attached to, you know, getting your justice, getting your revenge, getting your whatever it is. Okay, then you do that also. Mm. And you were made in the material world, if that is your interest. Mm. But interest is to come out, which is the purpose of this particular book. Then, you know, yeah, sorry to hear about that, chant Hare Krishna, or um, meditate, or whatever it is the Shastra is recommending. So you got to get your interest together. Mm. And as you already brought this point up, but it always needs to be clarified uh, or bolstered, I should say, rather. What, what's your purpose? You know, you, you can't be in one sense. OK, this isn't entirely true what I'm about to say, but in one sense, it is true. You can't really be spiritual and materialistic at the same time. Um, you can't keep your legs in two boats. You got to choose one. Maybe for a little bit, you can try to make it work, the material and spiritual side by side. But finally, you have to make your choice. Mm. And once you make your choice, then you have to accept the fruits of that particular choice, mm. consequences of it. So, yeah, that's, you know, and I don't want to sound like, you know, what do you call it? Like psychotic or <laughs> harsh, harsh or without feeling or clinical. Yeah. But like I have feeling like I've I've dealt with so much unfair stuff like that in my own personal life also. But you know what? So what? Everyone's got to deal with some unfairness in this material world. Yeah. Harsh experience. That is why it's not a nice place. Yeah. And I, I agree with literally everything you're saying. As you know, we're very much in the same, you know, mood in terms of like agreeing on these kinds of things. And it's the Shastra. And this is, this is, our, this is our philosophy, folks. This is, yeah. our, this is what Bhakti is saying. And I want to talk about two things. One of them is the questions that Graham is asking. And, yeah. then the, and then the other one that I want to talk about is, well, maybe I can answer both the questions at the same time. Um, because Graham is saying like, you know, well, in Bhagavad Gita, isn't Krishna telling, you know, Arjuna to engage with the world and fight and do his duty and like this? So can't we, can't we be engaged in the world, in the, in the fire, in the world in all its fire um, and be spiritual? And I think that, uh, and, we, and aren't we bound by our human form though, at least in this life, yes. Um, and I think that the, the thing to understand in this is that Arjuna had a specific duty at a specific time and place that he had to do. And in, in that specific moment, you know, and an, at another specific moment in life, Arjuna then had to, you know, give it all up and uh, retire essentially. But in that specific moment, it was a specific duty that Arjuna had to do. And the reason why Krishna was being very like, kind of hitting the, hitting the, I don't know what I'm saying, like kind of hitting the point over and over again is because Arjuna was kind of wanting to run away from the situation. He was wanting to renounce. He was wanting to renounce in an external way. He was like, I, I can't fight this war. I'm gonna go and do this other thing. I'm gonna go to the, the, the forest. I'm gonna give up everything. I'm just gonna be a yogi like this. Yes. And essentially what Krishna is telling Arjuna is to fight in the war because real renunciation is in the heart, right? So you can, you can renounce externally, that's fine, but really you'll still have all of these guilt and shame and feelings that are coming up in the heart. So the real renunciation is in the heart. And something that I really like about, I mean, that I really like, I feel like 
that I really like about how Krishna talks to Arjuna is that Krishna, you know, if you look at it, like Krishna talks to Arjuna a lot. Like he's like karma yoga, jnana yoga. There's all these paths of yoga. Now I'm going to talk to you about bhakti yoga. Now I'm going to lay this whole thing out. Then Arjuna asks Krishna, can I please see your universal form? Yes, here I am. Here's my universal form. Then Arjuna's like, oh my God, I've seen too much. I'm scared. Can you please go back to your two-handed form? Yeah, I'm going to do that. And then at the, you know, there's a lot that our Krishna is sharing to Arjuna. And at the end of the Bhagavad Gita, Krishna is telling Arjuna, I am telling you, you know, now I've told you all this. So, you know, you can deliberate as you see fit and you do as you, as you wish. And I'm telling you this, I'm sharing all this confidential information with you because you're my very dear friend. And I really, this is kind of the point that I'm trying to reach at, that it's like in no, you know, Krishna was being very compassionate to Arjuna, even though it might come off as harsh sometimes. It's like that message that he's sharing with Arjuna of the Gita is compassion in and of itself. And I think that compassion is one of those, I'm seeing the comment section kind of like blow up, but I think compassion is one of those words that sometimes can get watered down. We've brought this up in chit chat a lot of times. It's like compassion, compassion, compassion. But one thing that I will say about the word compassion is that when a person can, when a, and when I'm talking about a person, I'm talking about like a spiritual person, someone who is very uh, grounded in their faith. When a person can hold space for someone else who is really going through it and starting to ask those deeper questions and starting to like really be like, oh, what is the meaning of life? And why am I attached to all these identities? And, oh, you know, like this. When someone can really hold space for that, for that situation, it's, it's beautiful. That's Krishna's mercy, you know? Because I'm speaking from my personal situation. You know, I, I've had many unfair moments in my life. I've had a lot of moments in my life where people, you're this, you're that, you're never gonna do this, whatever. I've had uh, moments in life where I didn't feel welcome in religious situations or spiritual groups like this. And I had, I was actually talking about this with the devotees here that are, that are here with me about, you know, how really it, it, for me personally, it took like that one devotee who was like just willing to be there for me and listen to everything in like a non-judgmental way. And, and very what's the word i'm looking for very skillfully knowing how to like take my stuff and be like okay and now let's talk about krishna yes i've heard everything and i'm hearing and like this and i'm here for you but like let's talk about how this is going to you know how this manifests in a spiritual way and that kind of person that kind of guide or mentor is invaluable because i think that sometimes i think the internet is terrible sometimes because sometimes in the internet it could be you know we've seen a lot of people oh, this situation, this situation, the Black Lives Matter, the racism, the sexism. And you see people, devotees, well, you're not the body. Well, you should just get over it. Well, da-da-da. It can come off as very clinical and it can come off as very harsh. So I do think that that, like, holding space for people, which, Jaya, you do so well, you know, you do it so well. Believe it or not. Yeah, I just want to amplify that, everyone, even though, you know, Jaya is an amazing holder of space. And I think that everyone who everyone who's involved with the Bhakti Center has that skill. You know, it's a very specific skill. And um, OK, I'm going to read some of the comments because I feel like there's a lot going on. A lot. Basically, Graham very much appreciated your answer. Hmm. Um, that was the first couple of comments. I wanted to jump on that actually a little bit, too, just Krishna speaks about a spectrum of practices 
you know, dharma, karma yoga, gyan yoga, and then ultimately bhakti yoga. There's a spectrum. And according to your qualifications, you, you can practice one or the other. Um, the modern world is not even dharmic. What to speak of spiritual? Let's not even go spiritual, isn't it? They're not even dharmic. And there's not even a sense of what my duty is, uh, aside from what they contrive of in their own particular mind. That's very different from the Vedic culture. So it's very hard for the modern population to even be dharmic, what to speak of spiritual. Mm. And so if you're, when, like when we quote Arjuna, well, didn't he fight in the war? Well, as you rightfully that was his dharma. What's your dharma? You know, it's not the dharma of an artist to go fight in the war. You can't just like make up your duty. So what's your dharma? Well, none of us know what our dharma is. We're just making mm. it up. And a lot of us live largely a dharmic life, not, not on purpose, but we're part of a culture where everything is like interconnected in such a way that no matter what you do, to some degree, you're participating in the dharma of the world. Mm. And this is the suffering is also going on. Just FYI, all these forest fires and natural disasters, and frankly speaking, this is my belief in the COVID and all these things, is mostly because people are dharmic. Yeah. That's why there won't be a solution to these problems, because the solution always comes down to the individual living his life in a particular way. And according to Vedic culture, if you don't live dharmically, particularly if you want to be a materialist, you have to do all these yagyas in order to be materialist. And if you don't do the yagyas, then the devas will punish. And that is called as the Aridaiva Klesha. Aridaiva Klesha means the misery, we generally translate it as the misery coming from nature, the misery coming from the nature, you know, natural disasters. But the word Aridaiva Klesha means the misery is coming from the devas. When yagyas are not performed in a dharmic culture, then they give the Aridaiva Klesha. Mm. So you have a completely a dharmic population, they're not doing any yagya. And they're getting the reactions of their sinful activities in the form of, you know, disasters and so on. And then they're making up duties as they go along the way. So this is not going to work. That's why, you know, so we could pull from Gita or whatever literature, but we have to also understand that there was a cultural background for that that was yeah. clear. And Krishna's speaking about a spectrum of practices and then the qualifications for each of those particular practices. So we often like to make this point in the Bhagavad tradition, that in Kali Yuga, people do not have adhikara, that means qualification, for all these other paths. Uh, basically, they don't have adhikara for dharma and karma yoga, gyan yoga. In Kali Yuga, if there's any hope whatsoever, it's from bhakti, because bhakti is the only process that is told to be spiritual, and therefore not impacted by the changes in time and space. Unlike all these other suddenness, which are impacted by time and space because they have connection with matter. So you basically have Adhikar for Bhakti and Kali Yuga if you get a chance to, you know, be attracted to Bhakti Yoga or whatever. So you do that Dharma. That is also Dharma, Bhakti Dharma. So what is the duty of the Bhakti Dharma? So that you have to find out. If this is my Adhikar, if I have Adhikar for Bhakti Dharma, then you find out what are the duties of that particular Dharma. Hmm. You don't have dharma. You don't have adhikar for varnashram dharma. You don't even know what that is. I don't know what that is. I've been reading about it for nearly twenty years. I don't know what it is. <laughs> I've never seen a varnashram culture. I don't know what chaturis were really like. I mean, you know, it's one thing to read about something in a book and actually experience the culture. Hmm. Experience the culture. You don't really 
know what it is. So we don't know what Varnashram Dharma is. We, you know, you go on talking about it, but you don't know what it is. No, none of us do. So you don't have Adi Karma mm. Varnashram. Without Varnashram Dharma, you can't really do Karma Yoga, Gyan Yoga. You don't have Adi Karma for that. If you have any hope whatsoever, then you have Bhakti, Adi Karma for Bhakti Dharma. So mm. you find out what are the duties of that Bhakti Dharma and you do that. So what happens is because we, we're like a heart divided. Mm. We come association devotees. We get seed of bhakti. So we develop some adhikarpa bhakti dharma. But we are still attached to the matter world in so many, so many ways. So what we start doing, instead of just getting clear on what this bhakti dharma is and just kind of crossing a threshold of letting go of those things we're really attached to, you know, pertaining to identity and this and that and whatever else it might be, what we do is just try to like bring it all together. And mm. we also get messages like that sometimes, right? You know, without Krishna, it's so many zeros, but you add the one of Krishna in front <laughs> and then so many zeros are great, you know, but that's not the, I mean, Prabhupada has also said this thing, but that's also not the real message. So mm. I'm not gonna go into that right now because that, that's a long conversation. Yeah, um, but basically what we do in bhakti is that we are doing something and you know this word aropa the word aropa, aropa? means like, yeah it means it means like allegation in sanskrit mm. so it, you know when you make the allegation against someone that is called an aropa basically so you do something that's in the material world and then you say this is for krishna that is called a ropa, it's an allegation, right? Because <laughs> you're doing something for yourself. Let's say like you're even like brushing your teeth, cleaning the body. These are not inherently spiritual activities. But you, you say that you're doing that for Krishna, for your bhakti service. <laughs> that is an allegation. That is, that is a literal meaning of the word aropa. That is not the best translation in this context. But it's a funny I know exactly translation. What I, like I know exactly what you mean because I do, I do shit like that all the time where I'm just like, I'm... I'm dressing up really nice today and I'm going to go get a manicure and a facial and to look good for Krishna, to look for Krishna. Yeah, it's, for Krishna. it's for Krishna. So that is called a ropa. <laughs> it's an allegation. Nobody knows if it's true or, or false except for you and Krishna. This is called a ropa. So the things that we do, the things that we do, I'm by saying, dude, don't attack my dub, tell him philosophy. That's... <laughs> that lets me do much. <laughs> And we do my shit. <laughs> so what we do, we do some other thing and we give it an allegation of bhakti. So this is called Aropa Siddha Bhakti. Mm. It is not the it is not the pure bhakti dharma promoted by the tradition, but it is a type of bhakti called Aropa Siddha. You're doing something in the world and you've given it some allegation of bhakti. But is the real bhakti is just hearing about Krishna chanting about Krishna, remembering Krishna. This is called Swarupa Siddha Bhakti. That means it is, it is Bhakti itself. Mm. The, the hearing about Krishna, that is Bhakti directly, chanting Krishna's name, remembering and worshiping deity. But you do these other things and you say that it's for Krishna. It is not Bhakti, but you're putting an allegation of Bhakti on it. It's called Aropa mm. Siddha Bhakti. Mm. So that's what we, everyone in our movement, not everyone, a lot of devotees in our movement, we like this to preach this thing because it's more relatable and it helps to reconcile the, the tension between conventional life and the bhakti life. That is okay. But what I want to bring up, the reason I'm bringing this up is that we don't really have 
Adhikara for the proper dharma of the old world. Mm. So when we try to quote scriptures which pertain to people who have Adhikara for dharma, it's going to apply to us because we don't have that Adhikara. We don't even know what that culture was like. So it doesn't really apply. The best you can do is give us some allegation. And it won't be dharma. It'll be whatever you're doing. And you're, you're probably a good guy. I take it you're a good guy. And so you're doing something good. And you're giving us some allegation of bhakti, of ropas to the bhakti. But that is not really our dharma if we have adhikar for bhakti. Mm. Our dharma for ropas to the bhakti, you hear about Krishna chanting about. And that's what we're supposed to be doing. So if you want to go fight some war because, you know, whatever, it's the right thing to do because people are dying. But, you know, people are always dying. That's not a new thing in the material world. Mm. You feel passionate about something and you want to do it for Krishna? Okay. Arup said the bhakti, go for it. No no problem. Um, I, I think you will that, not I develop think that, the goal. You will not develop the good Krishna consciousness mm. by that. Because there's this type of bhakti that leads to the goals, different each application leads to a particular goal. So you have to understand that. And if you want to do like that? No problem. Mm. But don't mm. ask the bottom about these things. That's what I'm saying. Don't ask the Upanishads about these things. Maybe you go to Mahabharata and you can like strip out some couple of points that you like and then do whatever you want. But don't come to the Bhagavatam with these sorts of complaints. You come. <laughs> also, you come to the Bhagavatam with these complaints. But mm. be prepared for the answer. Mm. Yeah, a lot of which like let go like yes i know that was unfair let go yes i know that injustice was not right let yes. go it's going go on in fact it's going to increase you think it's, it's going to get worse let go and my point is if you're going to go to the bhagavatam with these sorts of questions be prepared for the answer that involves letting go mm. and that's that's the part that we don't always want to hear and of course i like what you said and it's very beautiful we have to have a proper teacher that yeah. maybe ease us into that spirit of letting go but just as a preparatory point don't come to me with a question if you're not prepared to hear my answer that's what i'm mm. saying yeah let's not go to bhagavatam with our questions unless we're prepared to hear the bhagavatam's answer mm. and let's be a bhagavatam is like heavy bro when I first read Bhagavatam, like, because I read Bhagavatam cover to cover in my first year. I read it in like 10 months. And I was like, damn. <laughs> <laughs> I know, so I know. Sections of Bhagavatam. I was just like, God, like, let up a little bit, you know, calm down, <laughs> relax. <laughs> I remember, I remember specifically when we were living in the ashram and I was, I was reading the, the ending chapters of the, of the third canto. And I would like walk into the room where you were and I'd be like, I like, this is intense. Like this is cr this. Whoa. You know, like, okay, great. <laughs> um, what I, what I was going to say about what you were just saying though, was like, I really like, you know, in chit chat, we keep it real folks and we're very forward about these things. No, I, I don't think it was all directed at you, Graham. <laughs> No, no, that wasn't at you. I wasn't even thinking about you, Graham. No offense. I wasn't even. <laughs> I was thinking about our devoted community in general. 
Yeah. Yeah, because literally I think that, I've been saying yeah. this for years and years and years and years. I mean, I have the same problem also. So I'm not like um this is not like a judgment thing or anything. I have the same problem and I've seen this problem in our community all my whole time here. Mm. So Sorry, I think, Grant, I think you're special. I just wasn't thinking about you. <laughs> um <laughs> I think that I think that I think that this is a great topic actually to start off to chat next week. Because I think that um, starting next week, everyone, I don't know if you've heard the news, um, but Jaya, Jagannath, and I will be taking chit chat onto our own platforms uh, with the blessings of the Bhakti Center, of course. Uh, so we will be doing, we haven't decided if we're going to continue the Instagram live because it is quite choppy. So we might do like Facebook live or Zoom or something like that. Um, so we're going to figure it out and we're going to let you all know exactly what we decide. We're going to put polls. Um, Uh-oh, lots of questions are coming up. Application to LGBTQ plus individuals who are still young and how to cooperate with their straight counterparts, politics, and the behavior of Pat. That, that's, all, that's, like, that's like a whole chit chat. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's a whole thing. And we've, we've talked about LGBT issues Wait, here on chit chat before. For odd reasons, as the, for obvious reasons, we talked about LGBT issues on this platform and how to cooperate with their straight counterparts, politics, and other behavior issues, passions, cognitive dissonance. Well, I don't understand. I think my answer is still the same. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. I I'm looking you're... for, like, where's the unique part of the question that changes my answer a little bit? I'm oh, like, Krishna. I'm a little slow. So don't mind that I'm at this don't see where my no. answer would be. <laughs> Honestly, per- Permananda says, what about my questions? We have been ignoring yeah, Permananda's per- questions, Jaya. Okay, his question is, well, how, how else do devotees relate to their work? Yeah. If not for Aropas and Aropas Bhakti, then at a certain point, you're supposed to stop that and do only Sarups to the Bhakti, isn't it? Uh, right now, because we are a neophyte, you have the attachment, I have the attachment. So we have to do something in this world. We feel that way, that pressure, because of the attachment. So you do a rope <laughs> the Then, if you're doing... Now, Jiva Goswami, he describes in Bhakti Sandarbha, there are two ways to apply these different types of bhakti. A rope the is another type called Sangha Siddha Bhakti. He says there are basically two ways you can apply. Um, duplicitous way or non-duplicitous way so the non-duplicitous application is that you are doing these things with the purpose of holding space for you so to speak until you can do motivation at which time then you can just let go of it that is the non-duplicitous application and the duplicitous application is you actually like being a materialist and you just want to keep it that way so if you have a non-duplicitous <laughs> approach your, per- your point will be to do Sarvasiddha Bhakti only, but you, want- you need something to hold space for you as you're developing and growing your faith. So Aropasiddha mm. Bhakti, you apply until your faith is grown, and then when you develop that Shraddha, you can just let go. What is this nonsense, actually? Yeah. Nirvana Sarva Karmasu, devotees think like this. They think even pious activities are disgusting. Can you believe that? Nirvana Sarva Karmasu. Sarva Karmasu means all types of karma and pious, also pious. They think all of it is nonsense because it keeps you in samsara in the material world. There you are. Mm. So, okay, 
you do a ropes to the bhakti, that, that whole space for you as you're developing that pure heart, that's if you have a non-duplicitous application of a ropes to the bhakti. Then at one mm. point, you let it go. You're not meant to stay a working dog until the fag end of life. None, mm. none of us are. Bhaktas were literally intended to just be Krishna's people. You know, singing about him, chanting, taking his prasad, boss, finish. It's like being a part of a gang, you know, or like the acolyte. Yeah. Uh, we're acolyte. Like word. you're an acolyte of Krishna, and so you basically just exist for him. Mm. And outside of him, you don't, you don't do anything else. Mm. That's supposed to be the goal of Krishna consciousness and also the means to the goal. So in the meantime, okay, do a little rope to the bhakti. We all got to do something in this world that is okay. Paramananda, I really like what Paramananda just said. I want to retire at 40. I'm like, yep, I'm right there with you. I am right there with you. At 40, I'm just like, Vrindavan, bye. Bye, everyone. I'll be there. I practically retired at 18. <laughs> and then I kicked out of ashram at 32, 33. Okay, I don't want to reel too much more of my age. Don't age, age but, yourself. Don't um, age yourself. <laughs> I got kicked out and it was like, well, whatever will I do? And oh no, it froze. Can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear you. Can you hear me? It's still freezing. I can hear you, but I can hear you, but it's just a black screen. Instagram is terrible for this, actually. Um, Madhavapur says he's trapped till 60. Pray for me. Permanent is telling you, Jaya, that you still look 18. Um, can you hear Jaya? I think so. Yeah, it's back. It's back. Yeah, I just wanted to say that when I got kicked out of the ashram, it was like, how will I find my place in this world? Whatever will I do? How will I maintain myself? You know what I did? I sat on my ass like I normally do. <laughs> and I chanted Hare Krishna. I read Bhagavatam and I taught classes and I just let's see what happened. And Krishna has made arrangements. This is not a recommended lifestyle, FYI. So I'm not advocating for this. <laughs> My point is that some, and I don't do Swarup Siddha Bhakti only. I got my problems too. So don't, don't, don't think I'm trying to put myself ahead of the game here. I got a lot of work to do and moving towards that Swarup Siddha Bhakti also. Mm. But the point is that I'm trying to make is that we're intended to move toward that point. Um, and yeah, let go of all these things. So I ask, does that mean work in general is not Swarup Bhakti? No, it's not. Yeah. Right. It's just and work. I like. And I like what I like what Waves Grace is saying. I mean, one thing that he was speaking, he was speaking about all the LGBTQ issues and this, and he kind of brought up like compassion and patience and whatever. And I think that's right. I already I already spoke to that point. It's like you need right. to find a, you need to find a mentor, you need to find a teacher, you need to find somebody who is going to understand your situation and be compassionate and patient with that situation. And and that's and that's Krishna's mercy. You know, you'll find that person. I hope. And then in regards to in regards to what you were just saying about that, yeah, the point of our devotional life is moving towards Sri Prasiddha Bhakti. It's like, because Waves, Waves Grace just said, it's not for everyone. And like, that's correct. Like, it's not for everyone. Not everyone in this world is going to be like, yes, I'm going to go 
for bhakti and I've received the mercy and like this. Unfortunately, it's not for everyone because if I don't have that as my purpose, right. if, I, if I don't feel that faith, if I don't have faith, shastriya shraddha in the shastra, you know, like then it's not going to come. And, you know, you can force it like this. You can come like yeah, this. Yeah, that's part. okay. There's no and that's problem. okay. Exactly. Because it's something that you've said, Jaya, which I really appreciate. It's like, if you're fighting for justice in this world or whatever, like, that's okay. You can do it. But prepare to remain in this world, you know, after the next life. Like, after this life, you'll, you'll come back to this world. And our, it's just very, I like that you're being very clear, Jaya, that that is not our purpose. Our purpose is to be Krishna's acolytes, to take Krishna's prasad, to chant Krishna's names, to be in Krishna's dams, to be around Krishna's devotees and like this. And, and I think that sometimes, and I think, okay, I'm going to end with this. I think sometimes it can get confusing for people that perhaps have not read the literatures or perhaps that are not studying a lot of the time and they hear devotees talking about essentially like Europa Sivakti. This talk, is the big problem. This is the, and, the, and they hear them talking about like, you know, oh, and the feelings and the compassion and the this and the whatever, which is true. That's a part of it. And that's nice. But that's not that's not the, the main thing. You know, just like you were saying, it's like the, the pure devotee will even like denounce pious activity because it's keeping them trapped in the wheel of samsara. Impious, pious, get rid yeah. of it. It doesn't have to do with Krishna. Get rid of it. So Sanjeev, I think I think that's where it gets confusing. Yeah. Sanjeev Prada is saying seems a bit unrealistic to not work in the world we live in. And that's for you, because you don't have the adhikar, and I don't have the adhikar, so it seems unrealistic. But there are so many sadhus in the dams, they're not working, they're having good time. All they do is chant, do bhajan, and walk around, <laughs> and sleep, sleep, they're having good time. So it seems unrealistic for you, you have to put that extra qualifier on there. <laughs> uh, well, okay. Then we'll say, well, I represent the average person. Yeah, true. So it's unrealistic for most of us. So therefore, we're saying a rope to the bhakti for some time with the purpose of coming to that, that position of shraddha, that yeah. level. And Krishna's going to maintain me. I'll just do his bhajan. We ain't there yet. But that is the goal of bhakti. So I love <laughs> I love, I love your response to Sanjeevan Yurada because there's been so many times when I've been at the Dham and I've just been like, why can't I just stay here? Like, why can't I just stay here and just be like these sadhus and just like live on this show? And, da, da, da. and eventually it comes down to that, that I don't have the adhikar for that. And, right. I know, and I know that, you know, and I need to accept that. I don't have the adhikar for that. And therefore here I am. And I'm also, like you were saying, I'm also working through my own stuff and, you know, Aropa Siddha Bhakti. And oh, I'm he's going to make our low-ass Adi card a standard. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying. I'm honestly trying to move towards Aropa Siddha Bhakti, trying to be around devotees, trying to just say, Krishna, take the wheel, take me wherever you want, like this. You know how when people, you know how when you talk about yourself and you're like, I'm so fallen, um, and it's okay, but if someone says, like, I know, and you get added. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so it's like this. That I happens like... to me all the time because around the types of devotee friends that I have that have some sass to them, oh, I'll, true. I'll usually true. be like, oh, I'm having so, I'm so fallen like this. And they'll just be like, correct. Uh, so I, I feel like it comes when it comes to like, we don't have the Adi car, like we can easily admit that. Mm. Um, but then if we're like told that, you know, your Adi car is low, that's why you speak like this. And that actually the goal is something else. Then it becomes a little bit agitating. Hmm. 
little bit agitating here. <laughs> Even you already accept, like all of us, we already accept. But if someone else tells us, it becomes agitating. Mm. And at least if you're reading Bhagavatam, you can just gloss over that part. But if someone's giving class and they like press it hard, it becomes a bit agitating, a little mm. bit obnoxious. Yes, yes. So I, today I mean obnoxious. Don't I know, I love, I love it. I love it. I'm just being a little obnoxious today. I'm not always obnoxious, but today I'm being a little obnoxious. You know what I was thinking? Because I saw that, I mean, you're in Radha Govinda and you've been giving classes on the Vyasasan. And so I was thinking, I was like, this is Jaya giving classes on the Vyasasan again, like that Bob, like that, you know, I, I miss that. Cause I don't know if for any of you, maybe very few of you have ever been in one of Jai Jagannath's Bhagavatam classes in person on the Vyasasan. And, it's very nice. It's very direct and very blunt and very in your face. And I appreciate that actually, because I'd rather tell me, I'd rather have someone tell me how things are than try to like sugarcoat. And but then, we do laugh a lot. We do laugh. A we lot. do laugh a lot. No, you, like we that. we laugh a lot. But no, to my point, I'd rather have the the real philosophy. Like this is what it's saying, as opposed to someone giving me a sugarcoated version. That is giving me a false conception of what yes. I'm subscribing to, you know? Thank you. I Thank you for bringing that up again. Yeah. So we, you know, encouragement to all, you study whatever it is that you claim to be doing. So if you claim to be doing bhakti yoga, you should study nicely with bhakti yoga. Now, if you're a dullard, well, many of us are dull-headed, actually. We're not so smart. So we cannot study so deeply ourselves. So you hear from some learning person. Uh, and ideally, if you can hear systematically, the better. Then it will come, a proper understanding will come to us what we are doing. But if you just I, only hear like the, you know, the general classes meant for the 100,000 people or for the masses of people, when you, when you hear only classes like that, such classes, generally speaking, I don't want to use the word pander, but uh, they kind of speak to the lowest common denominator. Mm. Necessarily so, because you're speaking to like such a huge audience. And you gotta, what, what message can you really speak? So if you only hear the classes that are addressed basically to the lowest common denominator, the common denominator, then you're mm -hmm. not gonna really get the teachings of the actual literature. So you don't really know what tradition you're really a part of. Mm -hmm. And then you're like kind of inadvertently, and I know this will be another thing hard for us to admit, but you're kind of like entering to like a personality cult. You know, instead of it being like based on what the teachings are of a tradition, it's like, I like this person, that person's my guru, that's what they said. Mm. I know in a generic way that they're speaking from the holy books, so that must be what the holy books are saying. And then you go and hear another class from some other guy or girl who's a scholar, and they start like putting it out there like very precisely what is being taught. And then you mm. become shocked that this thing is in there. Like, no, this is... So you... I like to bring this up all the time, that we have to hear nicely what it is that we're actually a part of. Otherwise, all this speculation is going on. I mean, that's okay. You want to speculate. That makes you happy. Be happy. I'm not going to speculate what's happening. I open up this chit-chat by saying, when we give answer, we're coming from a particular perspective that is based yeah. on and this is the angle so don't mind that and you may have some other spiritual ideas so that is also okay I, mm -hmm. I'll fault there. I'll fault I really there. like I really like Sanjivani Radha's statement because it's kind of the statement that's at the crux of this 
uh, conflict. And maybe like next week we can start with this. Or you and I will discuss because so many topics were brought up this week. Find it, how do I find a teacher? Someone was asking, or how do I, you know, uh, relate bhakti to my work or etc. But Sanjivani Rada is asking, how does this relate to staying relevant? And I that that's one of those words that's like. Whenever I hear that word, I hear I just like fire alarms, just like red flags everywhere. I'm just like, oh, how does this relate to staying relevant and still sharing bhakti? If we all become sadhus, there'll be no one left in NYC. I'm all for becoming a sadhu, but I don't get this balance. And this is, I think this is the, the difficulty, right? And not, this, maybe this is something that we can talk about next week, because I feel a lot of people struggle with this. How do I become, how do I become how do I go towards Swarup Siddha Bhakti but try to stay relevant in the process of doing that? You know, that's kind of what I'm hearing. Like, how do I do Arupa Siddha Bhakti now? But, but my goal is to go to Swarup Siddha Bhakti, but can I be relevant while I'm doing that? You know, it's like, it's, it seems like this is the question that like many devotees face and therefore they try to preach in a certain way. They try to like this in a certain way and it, it becomes very Difficult. So maybe this is something we can touch on next week. Yeah, great topic. I'm glad that today's discussion caused a little agitation. That Me too. Proper discussion. Yeah. Was, Wait a minute. I'm getting all uncomfortable now. What's going on up in here? <laughs> this is Bhakti talk. <laughs> I'm looking at Varnar six six six. He says, "Well, now I'm even more confused." I guess. I guess everything's everything pointless. pointless. No. Every, well. <laughs> <laughs> What is it pointless is if we take the time to truly understand something. Understanding takes time. Yeah. Even if you have some partner, some spouse, and they there's so much to them, and to understand them takes time. Mm. You see this with new married couples. You know, the first I think year, first year to seven years is very difficult in marriage. I heard. Because it takes a lot of time to understand the person you're actually living with. Mm -hmm. You know, first stages were like infatuation, this, that, and the other. And then you figured out so many other things. And so understanding takes time. Mm -hmm. So it's not you hear one, two classes and you caught the, you know, because so many speakers, they say, this is the essence. This is the essence. This is the essence. <laughs> so you think you got it. We all think like this. <laughs> um, they did all the hard work for us. And they just told us <laughs> that this is the essence and finished. <laughs> So, yeah, maybe you got the essence, but you don't know what that essence is made of. There's so many things inside that essence. So you have to take time to understand that essence is very, it's not so easy. So that's why it has to be there for hearing regularly. Yeah. And ideally, you know, the best is hearing regularly and hearing systematically. Yes. And you hear a random thing here and a random thing from over there, but you hear one Gita class, you hear from one speaker that you trust, that you have some devotion for, some faith in, some trust in. You hear Gita from beginning to end. Yeah. Then the Gita message will come inside strong. So you hear one verse from chapter one, another verse from chapter 18, another one from seven, this, that, other. You become confused. Yeah. And you don't, you don't know what's actually going on. You don't know what the context of things are. So it takes time to understand. So mm. if anything, come out of this chit-chat with the conviction that you ain't got the essence you know and because it, it takes a lot more time to realize i had this realization two years i got totally shot down i had this realization a Prabhupada disciple was giving class in bhakti center and he was like you just repeat don't speculate and he was like 
speaking to the top of his lungs. Maybe you were there. I was there. I was there. Only <laughs> repeat what Srila Prabhupada said, what Bhagavan says, you don't make up your own thing. So I raised my hand and I was like, Prabhu, it's been my realization that in order to repeat, you have to study for a long time. Because unless you have kind of broad awareness of all the topics, then you will necessarily speculate by dint of having lack of awareness in one area of the philosophy. Mm. So if I want to just repeat without mental speculation, it's going to take a lot of time to do that. And it's going to take, you know, uh, broad awareness of each of the topics that come up, which means I have to learn systematically. Mm. And um, otherwise you can't just repeat. So if anything, I would say, get out of this the encouragement to learn deeply Mm. Okay, if you want those those people that are just like, hey, you guys seem like cool, nice people, you're fun to hang around, you like the music, okay, that is okay also. But, you know, don't get into an argument about bhakti, mm. especially like me or you, because <laughs> you're about to get some revelations <laughs> that you might not like. Don't get into an argument about what is bhakti if you haven't spent that time hearing systematically. Mm. I mean, for that, well, I heard from so and so. That's okay, but you haven't taken time to study the context in which these things apply and all that. Yeah. So don't get into argument. Yeah. But if you really want to be a part of something, not just, I'm not just bhakti anything, then you take time to study and understand it deeply. It's called swadhyaya. In yoga school, they call this swadhyaya. Swadhyaya means we generally translate it as a self study. But, um, Vyasa giving commentary to this. He says, Swadhyaya means scriptural study. Mm. If you have to study the self, you have to approach scripture for that. Mm. And he said, also means japa. Mm. <laughs> scriptural study and japa. Mm. So that's the encouragement here, not to be confused, but I'm encouraging Swadhyaya. Yes. And between working hard and then self-study, you won't have time for too much else. I promise you that. Yes. Pat is saying great discussion. Thank you. And thank you. Thank you, Pat. Thank you, Money Blue Skies. Thank you, everyone, for being here. Do, yes. your, do your self-study. Find a teacher that you vibe with, that you enjoy, that you trust, that you, know, that, that you feel some connection to. And please learn from them systematically. Because I, I really like your point that you just made, Jaya, that like, when I'm hearing one thing here and one person there and one YouTube thing and one this and one that, it's like, it's all, it, it just, you know, it's just like this. And so it really has to be like systematic. Uh, it really does. Um, wonderful. I th such a nice chit chat today, Jaya. I want, I want more of this Jaya that I miss so much uh, because this is the Jaya that I, you know, for those of you that you, most of you know this, but me and Jaya spent many years, two and a half years living in Bhakti Center together as roommates and friends. But um, anyway, folks, so again, the announcement, next week, Monday, Chit Chat will be on our platforms, on our individual platforms, Bhakti Center's blessings, of course. And I will be posting stories on the Bhakti Center's Instagram to ask whether we should, about the timing, should we move it up an hour or not? And I'll also post some stories about like, what platform we should use because we're a little confused about that. Maybe you all can reach out to us personally because um, Instagram seems to have so many glitches. So we're thinking maybe Facebook, maybe Zoom. Um, and we're gonna change the format a little bit. We're gonna keep it Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Uh, but our idea is that Monday and Wednesday will be like a chit chat like today and that Friday will be more like um, a book study. 
where we look at a book together and we come each week and we look at a chapter and we study together basically. Uh, so that's kind of our idea going forward. And we hope that you all continue listening and tuning into Chit Chat. It's been a wonderful 148 episodes, Jaya. Can you believe that? No. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. And so uh, we're super excited to continue Chit Chat uh, with all of you. And uh, we'll be posting all the messages. So we'll see you there hopefully next week, Monday. We'll let you know of the time. Thank you, everyone, so much. Thank you, Kavi. Thank you, Jaya. Thank you, Madhavapuri and Graham for all the wonderful comments and waves, Grace. And yeah, 148 waves, Grace. Can you believe that? Thank you, Sanjeevan Irada, so nice. And Vanar666, thank you. Thank you, everyone. Paramananda, Paramananda, miss you. And Melissa. Okay, everyone, we're going to sign off now and we'll see you next week. We'll let you know of the platforms I'll post on Bhakti Center stories. Thank you all so much. Hare Krishna. Hari Haribo. Haribo.